Hello, awesomers. It is me, your old buddy, Steve Simonson, coming back yet again. And I, I have to say, as I was uh, reading these last several intros, I wonder if you're hearing Zoom say this meeting is being recorded. Uh, thanks for nothing, Zoom, on that. Uh, if, if you are hearing it, my apologies. We will uh, allow you to hear it further <laughs> because I just don't have the technology to uh, go around it at the point. Uh, but listen, you've already figured it out. You're listening to the Osmers.com podcast episode. What you may not know is it's episode number 228. So all you have to do is go to Osmers.com slash 228, and you can check out show notes, details, et cetera, et cetera. And there's often a link or three that you can click on and maybe learn more about how to improve your business, uh, learn as a manager, maybe even improve yourself. Uh, now, we're still in the Axiom mini-series. It turns out, by the way, there's 26 axioms that I've written down, and they're not ranked entirely. Like Axiom Zero for sure is the most important one, but the others are not really ranked. They're just kind of like, as they come up, I just added another number. And today we're on Axiom 13, so we're halfway through, everybody. Uh, or perhaps this is the, the backside of that half. And Axiom 13, it might sound like it's unlucky, right? 13 in Western culture, often considered an unlucky number. And so that's why it's appropriate for this very important axiom. We're going to talk about it here in one second. Axiom 13 is avoid the opposite of good. Now, again, this may sound uh, silly, and it may found, sound you know, kind of like, yeah, avoid the opposite of good. That's the bad stuff. Avoid the bad? Yeah, who doesn't do that? But I, it's really more of a call out to navigation when it comes to strategy and the tactics that you employ to accomplish that strategy. When I say avoid the opposite of good, it's because too many times I'm talking to entrepreneurs and I'm at a conference or online or you know at, at uh, some meeting and uh, a meetup, whatever it is, and they say, uh, gosh, Steve, uh, I did this thing here and uh, this happened. And I say, oh. Oh, that was the opposite of good. And they go, yeah, yeah, I know, right? It, that, it sucked. Um, but I, it's really my attempt to empathize. But in, in often is the case, the, the results, the opposite of good results, which in fact are bad results, were highly predictable. So, you know, there, again, there are maybe another axiom or two here that, that are kind of compatible with this concept. But I, I say way too often, that's the opposite of good. And what my message to you today is, is avoiding the opposite of good. So here are some potential examples. Maybe you didn't check the HS code of your product early enough in the process. And now you figured out not only do you have Trump tariffs, which you kind of anticipated, and some typical duties, which you may have been aware of, but now you have an anti-dumping fee that you never contemplated, and in fact, makes it completely financially inviable. Is that, is that a word, unviable, inviable? It makes it not work anymore. It, in fact, is, it's become the opposite of good. So as an example, again, using this, uh, I had a friend, they did all this work, they found a product on Amazon selling like crazy, they sourced it. Um, at the time they were trying to clear customs, the freight forwarder tells them, hey, did you know that there's an anti-dumping duty on this? And they're like, no, we didn't know. But they just hear the word duty. They've never heard anti-dumping before. And they go, well, um, it's 400%. 
let that sink in for a minute, 400%. And the person goes, say what now? Right? Because their cost went from, they thought it was going to be, let's just call it 10 bucks. Uh, and now they have to pay four times that for their duty. So now it's a total of five times the original price, right? So, and by the way, that doesn't necessarily exclude Trump tariffs or other tariffs. There are lots of things like countervailing duties, anti-dumping duties, you know, Trump tariffs are, are, it's actually not technically called a Trump tariff, but duties, there's a whole series of things. You can avoid the opposite of good by knowing your HS code ahead of time, knowing the classification, agreeing to that classification and having high, clear expectations well ahead of time of what that is. That's one example of the opposite of good happening in real life to somebody. Uh, what's another opposite of good? So if you have a marketing and you forgot to set a cap on your budget and you notice that you are gone over the weekend and you spent $5,000 and you expected only to spend $200, that's the opposite of good, right? Avoiding the opposite of good should be kind of, again, a cultural touchstone in your organization. How can you avoid trouble? How can you avoid bad stuff? And it really is just putting your mind, you know, it's like, I hate the opposite of good, so how can I avoid it? Uh, another opposite of good. Uh, I hired somebody. I didn't bother to do reference checks. I didn't bother to check their credentials. I didn't even bother to interview them well. I talked most of the interview, and they happily sat there and listened. And maybe even, even if you did check the references and you did some things, but you didn't interview them well, and it turns out they're not a good fit for your company. And it's bloody clear, you know, a week or two into the, the, the outfit, right, or in, in the engagement. So a week or two after they're hired, you can see it is not working out. And now you're playing back in your head, oh, remember when I talked for an hour and they just shook their head and said, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, I can do all that. Yeah, I'm really good with that. Well, that's your fault, right, because you did not avoid the opposite of good. You were excited about the opportunity. You're excited about the company. And you forgot your main job in an interview is to listen and to ask questions and make inquiries and listen and determine, do they have the skills first and foremost, but do they have the cultural fit secondarily and, and almost as important as the skills, right? You, it's actually in many ways, and there are companies who live by this, it's easier to teach skills, most skills or some skills anyway, than it is to teach cultural fit. So Southwest Airlines hires purely on cultural fit. If you've ever flown in the United States, Southwest Airlines, you will see how they hire is unique and different, and all of their flight attendants are fun and happy and nice. That's not how American Airlines or United Airlines hire flight attendants. They're, they're hire a completely different way, and the results speak for themselves. And by the way, no matter what airline you fly, I'm not endorsing uh, um, Southwest. In fact, they're not my primary airline. But Southwest profits, Southwest customer retention, right, and happiness, uh, Southwest, you know, operational execution, how fast they turn airplanes, Southwest safety, every single one of those, they outrank all the other guys. And it's because they started at the top by avoiding the opposite of good, right? They avoided bad hires. They avoided hiring mean people. They avoided hiring people that don't like people, right? I've been on so many airplanes and in so many airports or hotels or restaurants where the people dislike other people. And I'll be candid. I'm not a huge fan of the people, right? 
I, I love awesomers, right? They're, that's that's my people. Those are my people. But there are a lot of people that I just I can't vibe with. I just can't get there. And so I'm not a people person in that, that respect. So I'm not the right person to have at the front counter or, you know, of a restaurant or on the Alaska Airlines flight or Southwest Airlines flight or whatever, because I will be, you know, it'll be like, hey, how you doing? Uh, and by the way, I'm very good at customer service. I've sold for years. I, I, it's not that I lack the ability to build the skill. I'm just not inherently the best at it. Now, because when I've sold and, and customers, you know, like me and, and I tell the truth, you know, they find me to be genuine, authentic, I can kind of push through all that. And I'm especially fond of people who are trying to give me money, right? So that we can find our way. But I cannot just sit on a customer service line or, or do something where uh, there's no kind of relationship being built because I, I'm just not a people person. So don't hire me to do that job. That is avoiding the opposite of good. Uh, your financials. Maybe you have not engineered your financial statements. I know most of the entrepreneurs that are in the e-commerce space and certainly in the Amazon FBA space, Shopify space, Etsy space, eBay, a lot of you guys, Wayfair, everybody, very few of you know your chart of accounts and you don't know how to engineer your chart of accounts so that you can actually effectively manage the business. And I, I would just tell you, you're not avoiding the opposite of good. Aha, see, I roped you right into Axiom 13. It's a trap. You are indulging kind of your own either insecurity with finance or perhaps even lack of skill in finance, and you're not maximizing the chance to make that scorecard. You remember a, an earlier axiom, no score, no game. By making your chart of accounts speak information, instead of just being numbers on a page, you can change the trajectory of your business, right? That is one way to avoid the opposite of good. There are lots and lots of choices you make in the business. And, you know, we've talked about avoiding negative outcomes and so forth, uh, even in other axioms. But I, I want you to just memorize this phrase, the opposite of good, I don't want it. So I'm going to avoid it. Um, it's it's a just another way of shaking that paradigm of normal and saying, you know, what do I want? I want this result. What don't I want? I don't want that result. And then engineering the outcome. It doesn't matter if it's a, you know, a person to person process or a written process, or even indeed a systemic process running in your computers or your, your systems or what have you, all of it should be done with the intention of avoiding the opposite of good. Have I convinced you? Maybe I have, maybe I haven't. I don't know. Um, I was avoiding the opposite of a good episode here today, everybody. <laughs> Not really. I hope this was good. I hope it indeed was helpful. Uh, after all, it's episode number 228. Down there are my notes, and I just referred to them if you're looking at the video. If you're in the audio, all of this is surplus. Huh? That's the vocabulary word of the day, everybody. Surplus. That The last two sentences are completely surplus. Hmm? I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right. Uh, axiom 13, halfway through our long-running now series of axioms, 26 axioms, 13 down, whatever, 12, 13 to go. And uh, this is episode 228. Go to awesomers.com slash 228. See the show notes and details. And don't forget a little bit of love. It's okay. You know, I'll be, you're, you're my only listener. I, I like you the most. You're the one for me. Just go give me that review. Leave me the stars. The all the positive stuff, and believe me, I'm just doing this for you. 
that's how you know that this relationship will last. Thanks, everybody.